1: Live from Manchester, New Hampshire. The way we're going to win is to bring everybody to
2: our side. We're going to vote and we're going to want Medicare for all.
1: The issue now is
3: whether we save the planet. How are we going to stand up for the people of the United States together?
2: It all comes down to one hour, returning to sanity. Let's
1: take back this country and lead the world again. It's within our power to do it. This is
4: Bloomberg Radio's live coverage of the New Hampshire primary with Tom Maroney, Joe Shortsleeve, Kim Kerrigan, and Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg Radio.
5: I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. It's like a Washington-Boston doubleheader. We are combining (laughs) forces with our Boston Bureau as we anticipate the results tonight of the New Hampshire primary. Senator Bernie Sanders leading the pack. But Joe Biden, the former vice president, he's already jetted out of town to South mm. Carolina. We've got an all star team here. Adam Green, co founder of the Progressive Change Campaign Committee, a Warren in World insider, she was trashing. Joe Biden earlier today and Fred Hochberg, my good friend, and of course the former Export-Import Bank chairman, a prominent bundler of the Buttigieg or a donor, backer, I don't even know the words for the Buttigieg <laughs> campaign. So it's it's great to be with you, you know, guys you and thanks for helping in. me
1: out. All right, On this side, the Bostonians, we don't usually play well with others, but yeah. we're going to give this a shot. Well,
5: you know, I'm, the, I'm from <laughs>
1: Philly, so I don't know. I'm in the middle.
5: Yeah. I'm Maroney,
1: yeah. Kim Kerrigan, Joe Shortsleeve, and we are happy to, you brought uh, these two distinct Gentlemen along with you you're very uh, kind so we're gonna there he is <laughs> gentlemen and distinguished yeah. in one sentence yeah. that's fred right, of course so uh yeah so listen i uh, quick impressions around we have reporters out in the field we want to get to them doing some great work for us uh, kevin what do you make of this biden skipping town is this a big insult people are still voting you know i was struck
5: by this on friday night in his opening statements at the democratic presidential debate and the first words out of his mouth blink and you'll miss it he said uh, you know uh, he didn't expect to do good so immediately the Biden campaign was downplaying expectations you get this though and he's crisscrossing the state he was having ice cream last night he was talking to firefighters last night but I was in where Bedford New Hampshire earlier today at a polling station Lindsey Graham was there Senator Lindsey Graham had to do a double take but the lines at the polls weren't that long so my big thing is number one does Buttigieg beat Bernie I don't think that's going to happen Number two is who's going to get third place. But the big number today is what is turnout? Because mm. if turnout's again down in New Hampshire, what does that say for Democratic enthusiasm?
4: Well, you know, in terms of uh, Biden leaving town, I mean, it was one thing that he wants to leave town. I get that. You know, mm. things aren't going well. But to announce in the news cycle <laughs> that you're leaving right. town? Right. I mean, keep it a secret and leave. And <laughs> early. Yeah. Early in the news cycle. Because right. we've been this discussing, uh, Kevin, the, the whole issue here with all the New Hampshire still voting. Yeah. And, and, and if, you hear, if you're thinking about Biden and you've now heard this, you're gone. It's like he's leaving before
2: dessert. Uh, Leave absolutely. him before. The, he only got the appetizers. <laughs> right. Didn't even get his order in. <laughs> All right. We've got some reporters out in the field, and uh, let's get a sense of what they're hearing back. Let's start with uh, Bloomberg's Ann Mastu. She is in Nashua at this hour. She's at the uh, community college there where later tonight Pete Buttigieg will be uh, with his supporters.
6: Yes, Kim, and actually, I just hopped in a cab to the Radisson Hotel in Nashua where Biden supporters are gathering, even though he has left the state. And just as you've been reporting, everyone's pretty upset. My cab driver just told me he's been a long-term Biden supporter. He's so angry Biden left before the polls closed. He's not voting for him lots of debate all over Nashua today and earlier today at Joe's diner in Amherst just outside Nashua I found two friends talking politics Mickey a Democrat and Joe a Republican.
7: Well I think everybody else but me is trying to get rid of Trump but I'm gonna vote for him again.
6: Are you gonna vote today?
7: Well I'm not sure I can. I'm I'm an independent so I guess I can, yeah. But I'm not gonna vote for any Democrats so I don't know why I even bother going this is mickey mickey how are
6: you feeling good
7: good
5: i feeling beautiful
6: and do you always go to the polls
7: that's where we're going right now we're heading there now <laughs> okay. have a great day
6: and at National Community College, students are lining up long lines for students and media. I've met reporters from all over the world getting ready for tonight's rally with Pete Buttigieg. Many wearing supportive T-shirts on those students, others just trying to get to classes. This afternoon, I spoke to a student named Michelle. Uh, I did know he was coming today, however, I don't think I will be able to attend. I might, but I do plan to vote after class at 6, so that's the only reason I would not be here. Yeah. You have to go to class and you have to either vote or go to a rally and you probably just want to vote. Yeah, I would probably want to vote more. <laughs> yeah. Have you decided who you're going to vote for? Are you still thinking about it? I'm in between a couple right yeah. now, yeah. Any issues that are particularly important to you? Wages. I do not think it will solve all the problems that they're saying it will. Also, global warming, like it's inevitable, but we can take actions to prevent it, which I think that's really good that some of the candidates are doing. So just three hours until the polls close, I've spoken to a lot of undecided voters and obviously a lot of mixed feelings here in Nashua as Biden has pulled out and headed to South Carolina. So we're just going to wait and see who shows up at the Radisson here for his watch party. A lot of people uh, may change their minds. We're just waiting to find out because it's another two hours before it's supposed to begin. And Biden is supposed to make a virtual appearance uh, on a television screen here in the front of the room.
2: And thank you very much. Fascinating. That's that this awkward. Many, can you imagine? Can you, you imagine like,
5: going to a concert and then getting like a teleprompter? Former Vice President Joe Biden, if you're just joining us, jets out of town in the Granite State largely the front-runner. Now he's in South Carolina, and he's t- he's he's. they're going to, what is it, like iMovie? Yep.
1: Well, it's clear wait. that he's lost the cabby vote there in action.
4: So. <laughs> yeah, but don't that's underestimate it. that. When a cab driver says no, that absolutely. to you, I mean that no. cab driver's a very good, reliable there you go. source. I mean, that's 10,000 people. It's the truth. <laughs>
5: can we just go quickly to Fred Hochberg, who's a who's a, a prominent Buttigieg backer. We're thrilled to have him here for the hour. I mean, Buttigieg has really come on strong coming out of Iowa. Fred Hochberg, former chairman of the Export-Import Bank. We were talking about this last night in terms of the Biden campaign strategy and that ad, dare I say homophobic ad, that came out uh, attacking Buttigieg that he didn't really engage with, uh, but it seems that it might have backfired on him here in the Granite State.
8: Well, it was a pretty shocking ad, if you if you ask me. I was quite surprised that... Uh,
4: Please describe it for us.
8: Joe Biden ran an ad that essentially saying, you know, while I was... Dealing with important national issues, uh, Governor uh, Governor Mayor Buttigieg was dealing with uh, decorative sidewalks and and de- and pretty colored lights on the bridges in South Bend. Uh, there is a, two things. One, it slights what mayors do. Mayors don't deal with national policy and, and and foreign relations. But more importantly, it says he was. That's what silly decorators do. That is sort of a code for what a gay person is so i was kind of shocked by that ad and shocked that joe biden would stoop to that level you know and, and you know joe biden likes to say he was first on, on marriage equality he front ran the president i'm not sure he was a friend he simply front ran the president and then he runs this ad it's 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 quite it was very disturbing it was a willie horton type ad uh updated for 2020. Mm.
2: Well, gentlemen, let's check in one more time out in the field. We, we certainly got some insight from Anne. Let's check in with Janet Wu. She is at the Red Arrow, and uh, she's here in Manchester. I don't know if you've gotten the same kind of insight, Janet. Um, you know, anybody talking about Biden leaving the
9: state already? Well, I want to tell you, right as I left to head out to the field to go to the polling places, I actually ran into some campaign workers that were pulling up to surprised themselves, just getting the word that they were being deployed to South Carolina. And my response to you when you were saying that Biden was being criticized for announcing this early, they were already talking about it, which means that it was going out on social media. And perhaps it's better that the campaign announces it rather than social media, because when you have so many volunteers and all of a sudden it's spreading like wildfire, saying they're pulling up their stakes, they're running to the buses, they're running to the airport or whatever, you basically have to get it out there. So that's what I've been hearing. I ran into about half a dozen campaign workers that were leaving with him to go to South Carolina. As you pointed out, I am at the Red Arrow Diner, which is really this political hotspot in Manchester, which is a political hotspot of New Hampshire, which is, of course, a political hotspot of the country today. It's like a train car filled with excellent diner food, politicos, and media. Let me just list who's been here in the last 40 hours. And I sent a few tweets about this. Two guys very familiar in Massachusetts former governors Deval Patrick and Bill Weld. Lindsey Graham, he stepped here. I stopped here and actually posed with a uh, mascot, a Fisher Cat mascot, Michael Bennett, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders' wife, Jane, not Bernie himself, and then this afternoon, I got to see in person movie star and judge supporter, Kevin Costner. Now, this area should really be somewhat home field advantage for Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren representing neighboring states. Warren has to be disappointed with the current polls showing her well off of the top two spots. So today, she came out strong. Listen.
2: I'm determined to get things done, I've already, done things and seen the difference it can make. You know, I had the idea for a consumer agency. And when President Obama invited me into his administration so that I could spend a year setting it up, it really gave me the the deep down sense of what we can do in government to help people.
9: I've seen actually a lot of Massachusetts people here today canvassing, a lot of young kids, uh, college kids coming up to volunteer. Also, people that simply drove across the border, maybe lived on the North Shore, to observe what is going on. Earlier today, I ran into a pretty prominent base stater at a polling location. She went from lawyer to Massachusetts First Lady, to private citizen, and now to wife of a presidential candidate. Here's Diane Patrick. We have been
2: to lots of different polls holding signs um, and talking to people and I have to tell you even people that I've gone up to to say hello who are holding different signs are saying I love your husband he should be present I I swear to you these guys are witnesses to that Um, everybody loves him and there's no 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 reason why not he's just a fabulous guy but we'll
9: see we'll see whether that all shows up in the election results Now, earlier, you may recall that Deval Patrick had said he would not run for president, in part because of his wife, and his wife was having some health challenges. So I asked her what was it like to run now, and she admits it's a lot of work, a lot of uh, time away from home, and a lot of miles. She went to visit eight polling places today. We have just two or three more hours now to go as the polls begin to close at 7 or 8 o'clock tonight, and then, of course, I will be making my way over to Warren headquarters and then her viewing gathering. Reporting live from the Red Arrow Diner in Manchester, Janet Wu, Bloomberg 1061, Boston Newburyport and 92.9.62.
4: All right, Janet, thanks so very much. All right, you're uh, listening to a Bloomberg radio special featuring Sound On with Kevin Cerilli on Bloomberg 99 1 in Washington and Bloomberg Bay State Business on Bloomberg 106.1 here in Boston. And we've just been joined by a very special guest, the Republican governor of New Hampshire, uh, Chris Sununu. Governor, thank you for joining us. Good evening. Yeah, well, let's. uh Are talk. we had evening yet? It's been a whirlwind of a day.
5: I don't even know what state I'm in or what day it
2: right. is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I,
4: I'm guessing you were hoping for a big night for Bernie Sanders. Um, I. <laughs> I don't know what I'm I'm hoping for a big night. I'm hoping for a big night
3: for New Hampshire, and and I think we're going to deliver, that's for sure. All right. Trump had a rally yesterday. You didn't attend. How come? Uh, Well, so I was with the vice president and Ivanka on the bus trip uh, that we did. uh, We flew up the, the... President and the vice president were endorsed by um, the Police Benevolent Association. They did some diner stops, and then I broke off and I met the president when his plane landed, uh, and greeted him to the Grant State. And then when he went off to the rally, I told him, "Hey, I'm going off to Fox and CNN, and we're going to do a little, you know, kind of make sure that they understand what they're w- what what they're witnessing." Because so, let me tell you, sometimes people can't believe it. The positivity, the energy—it's like a rock concert when this guy does uh,
5: does rallies. Gov, I was embedded with the Trump campaign last. cycle I've been to more Trump rallies. I think I've lost hearing because of all of the crowds. Mm. But one of the things that I'm struck by, I went I've, in the past week. I've been to a Buttigieg rally, a Warren rally, Klobuchar. The line waiting to get outside of the stadium, Governor, was longer than for those, the president for the president. Oh yeah, the, the, for the crowds. What do you, What does that say about enthusiasm for for the Republican? It is. It person, is high. Democrat. It
3: is real, and it, it and it's palpable on. Not just because, oh, they they like President Trump, but they like the results. That's what this is all about. They're seeing the economic Mm -hmm. results. They're seeing the the prosperity. They're seeing the opportunities that are created for them and their families, the individual liberties, all of these things that really resonate here in the Granite State and across New England, frankly. So that is why you'll get more people actually waiting to get in to a Trump rally uh, than any other Democrat uh, that's been here and spending millions of dollars. Let
5: me ask you a follow-up on this. And I talked about this a little bit with Jared Kushner the other week when I interviewed him. It's about how do you win suburbanites throughout the country? Because a lot of suburbs are, are reflective of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those independent voters in the live free or die state governor, you know this, yeah. are very illustrative of suburban Philadelphia, suburban Pittsburgh, uh, Youngstown, Ohio. So what's your pitch? To sub suburb- what can President Trump not no. yours? <laughs> what, what can go- President Trump's pitch be to those suburbs? Well,
3: again, it's here. It's very much about the economy, right? So when you have a strong economy, you're creating an opportunity for people to m- make more money, have a better quality of life, better access to health care, better access to services. Their towns have more money, better local control. All of those things flow really flow from that. So here in New Hampshire, where we are the live for your die state, and we really cherish those those pieces. That's the pitch that he's making. He's not talking to an upper elite. Mm-hmm. He's not talking. He's really talking to that that middle class, that blue-collar worker. And, you know, we we take it very seriously here. It's not just about Republicans or Democrats or Independents. It's about the 603, right? It's about what New Hampshire really stands for, and and he resonates with that very strongly.
1: Our guest, of course, Chris Sununu. He's the governor of New Hampshire. And, Governor, I want to take you back a couple years, 2016. Your dad, former governor, uh, chief of staff for the White House, he wrote in an op-ed, at least initially, Donald Trump is dumb. He's going to ruin the party. Don't drink the Trump Kool-Aid. Of course, he turned that around and said vote for Trump. Now, I'm suggesting or I want to hear from you what the real re- relationship is between Republicans in New Hampshire and this president. I would suggest it's nothing more than a marriage of convenience.
3: A marriage of convenience? Over 100,000 people are coming out in a non-contested primary because it's convenient? No. No. Because they're excited, they're galvanized. Mm-hmm. We're setting records but here today. But you have you adjusted your—I'm <laughs> not
1: going to say values—but you've you've redefined what's important. I mean, I've grew up in this in New who, England. Who had who, who, me? Uh, New How Hampshire Republicans. Your father being a case okay. in point. That he said, "Wait a minute, we better get pragmatic here. Yeah. Never mind the moderate New England Republican style that I know as a as a New Englander. We gotta we gotta make some concessions here to well, pragmatism."
3: to results. To accountability. I mean, that's what Republicans believe at the heart of it. It's about re- accountability and results. You can talk all day about I want to do this. I hope we do that. America can be better here. America can be better. That's all wonderful things. But you got to deliver, and the president delivered. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's but really about. But is that about.
1: all? It, it's that's all that it's about. It's not. It's not, about.
3: That, it's not that. That's all that it's about. Look, mm-hmm. I disagree with what the president says sometimes. I mm-hmm. disagree with how he says it. But at the end of the day, my job is to my state and my community, and making sure that there's opportunity for families and individuals. And the President Trump shares in, in a lot of that, has provided a, a lot of that, um, those doors of opportunity for us to partake in, mm-hmm. and, and look around. We, why is it that New Hampshire has more economic success than any other state in the Northeast? It's not by accident.
2: So, Governor, let's bring it back to this uh, primary today. As a Republican looking at this field, of Democrats, who do you want to see the president face Who do I want to November? see?
3: Well, I think it would be easiest <laughs> for the president to beat uh, Bernie Sanders because he's a socialist, and at the end of the day, um, America isn't going to get behind. Big government solves all your problems. It's just not going to happen. Um, More practical, the the tougher of the candidates would be someone like an Amy Klobuchar, right? Or even a Joe Biden, someone who's a little more moderate. Um, Amy, who, uh, you know, isn't a little gritty, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But isn't afraid to speak her mind. That's something that translates very well in a state like New Hampshire. Um, Can appeal to a suburban voter? uh, Oh, of course. Absolutely. As a female candidate, whatever it might be. So then you get into what's really going. Going to happen right which is going to be three candidates fighting it out on the moderate side three candidates fighting it out on the socialist side a monsterly messy brokered convention um, with a, a Democrat party that frankly is the party of me. You agree with us 100% of the time, or you're our enemy. That's what you're seeing down in Washington, and it's going to be example, exemplified uh, exponentially on a very national and ugly stage in Milwaukee this summer. I don't think they're going to get it together. I think it's going to provide a big runway and opportunity for the president to close the deal in November.
5: If you're just joining us, we're talking to Governor Chris Sununu, the Republican governor of New Hampshire, and you're listening to a doubleheader of sorts of Bloomberg Radio Sound On and Bay State business it's a simulcast governor i I asked this to matt mowers the other day and and he said it was the toughest question he's been asked in like a year Uh i said where's the best place to get chowder in in new hampshire not to get too controversial. Right now?
3: Yeah. I'd go down to the Puritan back room. Oh, they do wow. great chowder and chicken fingers. You know he
5: told me in the break? He said, I should have said, from my mom. You oh. know? Oh.
3: That's, that's <laughs> no, but for you guys, I'd go two blocks south, two blocks south here to Murphy's. I'd go over to, uh, All right. you know, the Puritan.
5: Right. Let me ask you, just bringing it back to, in terms of what you said about Bernie Sanders. You know, I'm struck by this because I was talking to Jeff Weaver the other day, who's a senior advisor to Senator Sanders' uh, presidential campaign. And I said, you're really going to go out there and label yourself a Democratic Socialist? A Democratic Socialist? Is that going to lose in a general election matchup? You know what he said to me, Gov? He said, well, we're going to call President Trump a corporate socialist.
3: Yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've, I've ever heard. That is just absolutely uh, stupid. Why? Because Bernie Sanders is a self-avowed socialist and has been for years. It's not about him coming out and t- calling himself that. He's been doing that for years. Why does Bernie do well here? Because he's very truthful about who he is, right? You might not agree with his policies, but at least what you see is what you get, and that's what we want
4: in New Hampshire on both sides of, of that ticket. Governor, the name you haven't mentioned is Michael Bloomberg. Uh, who?
6: He, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you know, he's somebody who was—he
4: uh, was somebody who once was a Republican um he's also some would say that if he has a particular strategy it's certainly falling into place uh, that he was going to be ready when biden self uh, imploded yeah. and it looks like he is um what's going on uh, w- so what do you, let me tell what, you what, what, I,
3: i've met i've met michael bloomberg i think yeah. he's a, a very smart guy a very nice guy uh to be honest i don't agree with all of his policies um the whole big gulp thing uh well it is not a defining moment it says a lot about about um, he could be where he drives things, um, he could be. But I, again, let's just think about this: Are the are the socialists going to allow a a, a old white, out of touch billionaire who's trying to buy an election to be their nominee? No. And and frankly, given some of the news that came out even mm-hmm. as early as today. This is really impactful. The stuff that they have him on audio saying, that is not going to go away. The AOCs of the world are not going to let this party forget that, and they will never mm. let him become the nominee because this is the Democrat Party. And until they – they they need to let you become the nominee on the Democrat side. <laughs> go, go so, and, and and no matter Bloomberg, how much
4: money you want to spend. And Michael Bloomberg, who is seeking the Democratic presidential nomination, is the founder and majority uh, owner of Bloomberg LP, yes. the Sorry. parent company of Bloomberg yeah. Radio. Governor. Well, and I
3: love Bloomberg Radio, by the way. I think governor. you guys are awesome. Yeah. Oh.
4: governor. Yeah.
5: Dare I say that it's not just the AOCs of the world who would have some problems with that audio that was released today?
3: It's it's everybody. It's it's America, right. frankly. I mean, it's it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really telling. Um, I don't care what political party you're from. So, at some point, and this is where Michael, ha- I mean, he's been on a debate stage in New York as both a Republican and Democrat uh, mayor, and, and 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 knows how to hold, handle himself. But he hasn't really sat in someone's living room and convinced somebody why he should be president. He hasn't really sat on that debate mm-hmm. stage with some pretty feisty uh, Democrat candidates right now who aren't going to let him off that stage easy. So he's got a lot to answer for. He could do fine. But there's a lot to answer for there, and it's going to come to bear.
5: Fred Hochberg's here. He's the former chairman of the Export Import Bank. You're a Democrat. Just, you know, you're sitting next to the Republican governor, but you want to This wanna... is New Hampshire, you man. Know? This
3: is where doing. I was you do it. <laughs> I was taking selfies with the Democrat Party in front of their booth over at the polls today. It's and just they just didn't expel you. <laughs> are you kidding? This is New Hampshire, my friend. We are purple. So, Fred, you your view of
8: the, the broken convention and chaos and, and all the socialism, that's a wonderful Republican playbook of what you hope will happen. Happen. I'm not sure it's a prediction what's going to happen. We've got Super Tuesday, early March, March 3rd, 40% of the delegates, and by the middle of April, 90% of the delegates are chosen. The field Now, I think the problem we had with Iowa sort of imploding, the field is not narrowed, and we'll see how much it narrows after tonight. We don't know that yet, but it may narrow again. And I think that uh, we've got two key primaries coming up with two key states coming up, South Carolina and Nevada, which will have a much more diverse uh, voter block, and we'll have a much better idea of what this looks like. So
3: if it's not a brokered convention, somebody has to go in with enough delegates. Who's it going
8: to be?
1: I don't know yet. I think Fr- this is Fred, the hardest. you, you support toughest, Buttigieg, correct? I'm,
8: I've been supporting All right. You t- uh,
1: talk to the governor here about how your guy is going to beat Trump.
8: I think that uh, – Pete Buttigieg, I've known him for five years. Uh, met him when uh, I was chairman of the Export Input Bank, and he was a, uh, he was mayor of uh, South Bend. He was keenly interested on economic development, on supporting more jobs, creating more jobs, and that's why we met, mm-hmm. as to find ways that companies in his city could export to the rest of the world and create more jobs at home. All right, Governor.
3: Uh, he's a socialist, right? I think. No, Pete he's not, not a socialist. Really? that? Yeah. Is such rubbish? Of course he is. Course he is. Oh, because okay.
8: wait, Democrat does not equal socialist. No, well, what pick, language pick your is he? policy.
3: Pick pick your policy. He's about big government, give us more taxes, we'll solve your problems. No, he is not.
8: (laughs) Pick pick the issue and tell me where he is on it. You can take a look at his proposals (laughs) and how they pay for themselves. He is not a big government, big tax kind of guy. Listen, the the Democratic field is all progressive. Frankly, at the end of the day, they all believe in... Greater you equality? know what makes him a
3: socialist? I'll tell you this: the fact that when they said who would have a problem with a socialist at the top of your ticket, and he didn't have the courage to raise his hand and say that's a real problem no. for our party Governor in America. Shinunu, are they yeah. all socialists? No, of Kovacan course they're not. Who's no. sure? not a socialist? Who's right. not yeah. a? Amy yeah. Klo- Klobuchar you know is not a socialist. Did. Tulsi Gabbard is not a socialist. No. I don't. I don't know about Pete Tim Buttigieg. Steyer. Is what is Tulsi
5: Gabbard? Yeah.
3: Look, <laughs> Tulsi's uh, a fighter. I'll say uh, that. I've never met Tulsi, but she's got grit. I our dear
1: to cast here? First of all, Governor Kristin who is talking to us. And just uh, that uh, lively interchange was with Fred Hochberg. He's a former imp- Export-Import Bank chairman. Kevin Cirilli, host of Sound On. We are Bloomberg Bay State Business. It's a large table here, Kevin.
5: Well, listen, I'm just, you know, I'm phoning it in today. I'm learning from the experts. <laughs> I'm like, here we go. Gov, you know what my biggest problem is with the state? A bunch of Patriots fans. <gasps> All right, get out of here. Oh, yeah, I can't See, I'm from outside.
2: Wow. We're gonna fight, fight this one outside. Out Philly.
5: And I, I, everywhere I go, I say, Why are there so many? Six o'clock, fans? my friend. I'll meet you in front <laughs> of school. I did push-ups with Chuck Grassley. I'm, I, I'm being challenged now to a duel by what? the governor of New Hampshire. The <laughs> most important thing
3: is after we get through today, is what happens to Tom Brady? Get him out. He's picture. a cheater. And that's the big question. You must have, have some I have insight, but I cannot give it. Oh, Do you oh, have man. insight for real? I have insight for He's real. Why
5: would you want him if he doesn't want to stay?
3: Of course, he wants to stay. No, he wants to stay, and he'll stay. It all. I don't have any insight, yeah. by the way, at all. Hey, I mean, I'm we, as panicked as anybody God, else, God, but I love have, the
1: guy. I'll see, I'll, while we have you here, talk yeah. about your, what are your aspirations for the, for the year. It's still February. <laughs> you have sports betting. You know. Oh, for in terms of the state? Yeah.
3: yeah look, we've created a lot of opportunity here. We, one, a big thing is keeping up this momentum for economic opportunity. Mm-hmm. When the economy is doing well, everything falls into place. The state has more money to invest in programs. We return it to cities and towns. People have more economic uh, opportunity for themselves, better quality of life. I mean, the whole nine yards. Everything flows. Um, look, I, I get criticized. They say, "Oh, you pick on Massachusetts too much." But look, we've played. We were playing second fiddle economically to Massachusetts for a long time. We're now, we're now the guys to catch. Massachusetts made some bad decisions, and we are. I mean, there's, there's, well, why, why are we the number one state ranked for millennials to come in? Why are we the only state in New England within migration? Why are we the state that's pulling businesses out of Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey? This isn't by accident, everybody. Mm-hmm. We're rocking it up here. We really mm-hmm. are. We've, we haven't done some of the silly things Massachusetts and other states have done. And mm-hmm. I have all the respect in the world for Charlie Baker, but let's use TCI as an example. That's insanity. No, talk about that's a 17-cent gas tax that's yeah, going to be done okay. by executive order and you not think it's going to impact your economy and people mm-hmm. aren't going to be furious about it? That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Can I so just those throw those this in real things.
2: quickly? Uh, Kevin, I don't think you could see this from your end of the table, but the governor's sitting directly across from me. He does twist his Oreos open. Thank you very much. And he does yeah. take the icing off so, of one's So wait, the Oreos? I, so I them, brother. I brother. You know what I do? I only eat mega
5: stuff, and then I dip them in peanut butter. At the Bloomberg Bureau down in Washington. I think he not, would have done
1: it i tell you here. what,
3: it's not a bad technique. No. I'm with you right there. I we can, agree, we can, on can agree on so that. We can agree on that. are purple. very purple. So <laughs> as far as
1: how's the sports betting going at this point? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, look, the first month, we, we uh, about $15 million mm-hmm. were bet, which resulted in about $1.2 million in, in mm-hmm. net uh, profits to the education system of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's booming, right? Okay. We thought it would take years, uh, a year or so to get it done. I, I pushed him. We got it done in five months. Mm-hmm. And I placed that first bet. Yeah, for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. We all know that it didn't quite work out. I'm 0 for 4 in my sports betting. I'm not going to lie. But people are enjoying it, and we got uh, March Madness coming up.
5: Yeah, yeah, well, Duke, I mean, I can't. uh, That game the other night with UNC. Come on, UNC. But let let me take it back to politics for a second because, Governor Sununu, you represent a tone, and and, and seeing you travel just within the last 24 hours with Ivanka, you've got Republicans, if they want to win back the White House, you have to win suburbs. You have to win the path that you put together in this state in order yeah. to get President Trump reelected. In all seriousness, as you yeah. look across at the governors out there and, and on your side of the aisle, who are your friends, or, or not friends, who are yeah. ideologically similar to you, uh, across this country, in those in those battleground states, do they exist? In the battleground states.
3: Yeah. Well, look, I'll, believe it. This is n- we, governors are not like Congress. We actually all get along really well, with a couple small exceptions. We all get along really, really well, Republican and Democrat. And this is this goes fundamentally what the problem with uh, the Democrat field is. We'll get to in a second. They're not executives. Mayor Pete is, and I give him a lot of credit for that because he's had to be a mayor. But
8: would you uh, say that again?
3: Yeah, mayor. No, he is. And and again, he's he understands. That he does understand this. We might not agree on policy, but he understands accountability. Congress and senators don't understand that governor Ducey in Arizona. Um, governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, a democrat that we work with, uh, you know, fairly well. I work with governor Scott. He's he's a republican, but he has a very tough legislative issues similar to what you see in Massachusetts. We work very well. I'm working with governor Mills on offshore wind. Um, I'm working with governor DeSantis on some of the prescription drug stuff with the model that uh, Trump is working with in Florida. We hopefully will be able to copy that here in New Hampshire. So, we share a lot of these innovative ideas.
5: Did you hear Secretary of State Mike Pompeo a couple of days ago down and I think it was Florida when he spoke to the National Governors as- Association about China?
3: Uh, I apologize, I did not. No, no,
5: because no, he was, but he was talking about China. I just wanted yeah. to see if you caught I was remote.
3: down at the NGA meeting. We yeah. all went to dinner with the president. I, I didn't participate in some of those meetings just because yeah. we were no, here. No worries, you not know? to put yeah. you on the spot. Yeah. All right, right. He's, he's Governor, Governor Thanks,
7: Gov. Chris Sununu. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor centric firm built for successful advisors like you. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit Com. Stiefel
10: Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
5: And we are, uh, this. how's this going so far? I feel like I'm back home. I feel like I'm at an Irish, Italian, Catholic... <laughs> I can't you get even, a word in, and I'm the host. It's <laughs> Thanksgiving where we all yell at each other. And you know it, what he did, though, there, what's different about... See, I cover Congress, Kim, and and... What's so different is what the governor's there is. He's not afraid to compliment Democrats, mm. and that is he's so. Right. That is so mm. a polar opposite. We Democrats have not all. I yeah. haven't seen it no. on the other side of the aisle. I haven't seen it on the Republican side of the aisle. Yeah, he likes
3: Bernie. But it's a oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But he's, he's truthful. I give Bernie credit for being truthful. I give uh, Mayor Pete credit oh, right. for being an executive. Yeah.
5: Yeah. They don't um, do that in Congress anymore. Tulsi no, yeah. and Klobuchar it. are gritty.
4: <laughs> Biden. I don't know about. Sorry, no, Joe. I, I, where I, I got come from, gritty's the mascot
5: of the Flyers.
7: Go ahead.
4: We talked to your brother and he's going to be on later. Oh, uh, no, really yeah, John stopped by. I want you to notice was... I have a lot more hair than him and I can um, beat him in arm wrestling yeah. and that's wow. all. That that's all that the final word.
1: Chris uh, Sununu Thank Governor New Hampshire. Thank, Thank you guys. Anytime. What is happening? Right. Just joining
5: are. us. If you're just joining us. What is happening? I'm Kevin Cerrelli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We're doing a double header here. With Bloomberg Radio sound on and Bay State business at the simulcast. Of course, we're yep. carefully awaiting for there to be the results that'll come mm. in in the New Hampshire primary. <laughs> and, um, we you did know, have a chance
4: to, to talk with the governor's brother, Johnson, early, the, form, the former U.S. senator, and he's going to be on a little bit later right. tonight, I think in our 7 mm. o'clock hour, because we are on from 7 till, well, whenever tonight, mm. in terms of... Uh, Kevin, where are you going tonight?
5: I just said, Christine Barada, our executive... I'm going to Bernie Sanders, right? Yeah, yeah I'm going to Bernie Sanders when I want to get off fair yeah. here, so I'll check a, in that, with you guys. That should be a good place to be tonight. Be, you know, I was upstate with... Uh, and Nina Turner was back on the trip. but can I bring in Adam Green, who's Let's been waiting yeah, so sure. patiently? Yeah. Adam, welcome to <laughs> yeah. the program, first long time, long time. He is the, uh, Adam Green is co-founder of the Progressive Change Campaign Committee. He's also a, a prominent backer of Elizabeth Warren and the movement behind Senator Elizabeth Warren. We ha- she's, you know, what, where do you expect her to finish tonight? Can she continue forward if she doesn't get at least third place? Yeah,
10: I think, you know, all the first four states are a prelude to Super Tuesday, which is the big kahuna. Right? There's no spinning Super Tuesday, you either do well, you don't do well. And what we have right now is actually voting happening in Super Tuesday uh, <coughs> states where Elizabeth Warren is up in the 20s and you know, folks like Mayor Pete are at 4%. And that's happening right now. I think the biggest, um, honestly, the biggest consequence of tonight is for Joe Biden, not just because he left the state, but when your entire campaign is premised on being in- invincible and being inevitable and being electable and you keep you know, having that mm. punctured, that's really bad. You know, most other candidates have a, a, another rationale for their candidacy. And I think that especially as we go to more diverse states, given how well Elizabeth Warren has resonated with things like the She the People audience and others, um, she will be uh, received with open arms. So, there.
1: Adam, you know, we had a gentleman on earlier in our program today. Kevin Landrigan is the dean of the mm-hmm. political press corps up here in New Hampshire. And he suggested to us that if uh, Elizabeth uh, doesn't, Elizabeth Warren doesn't have a third place finish, this could be the end of the road. Uh, respond to that, if yeah,
10: you Yeah, I know, Kevin. Um, I yeah. think that's a, a little bit of a New, a New Hampshire-centric opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, look, she finished third in Iowa out of 25 candidates who initially were running and be an incumbent or a sitting, the last sitting vice president. Uh, that, that's that been a little bit erased from history for some reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know— but she I'm,
1: was ahead in Iowa for a time, too. She was.
10: She, she was. You know, I, th- I think that the main thing is: are voters open-minded to people who come to their states next? And I think that as long as people do reasonably well here in New Hampshire, the answer will be yes. Yeah, but, 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 well, but I think I, I think the biggest the biggest pocket of voters that are for grabs, frankly, will be Joe Biden voters mm-hmm. because they've just been along for the ride for a while. His invincibility is punctured. They're taking a fresh look at people. I think Elizabeth Warren will be received very well in places like South Carolina, Nevada, and Super Tuesday well, states. Well,
4: B- Biden is considered a, a moderate. Elizabeth Warren is not. So why would voters consider her coming from Biden?
10: Yeah, for the same reason that um, voters have been going all around for the last couple of months. They want someone who is electable as a threshold issue. And I think honestly, some people just felt safe with Joe Biden, and that has been punctured. The thing about Elizabeth Warren is, if you want a candidate who is a bold progressive, who is effective, and who can win against Trump, She's the only candidate in the race who checks all three boxes. Has
5: Klobuchar uh, stolen some of her momentum?
10: Uh, I think, honestly, she's cutting into Mayor Pete a lot today. We've really? been anecdotes out there. Uh, you know, I, I, I have... I was at one of the
8: polling booths, yeah. uh, polling stations in and hooks it. One, the, the, just the numbers were really down, talking to the people who were running it. They wow. Were, they were surprised at the low uh, Total of, attendance. Total attendance right. was just off. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that? I, I wish I knew. I mean, obviously they say weather's a problem, but people in New Hampshire used not the to the field,
4: weather. the field, the field of candidates?
8: You know, one thing I, I found I did some canvassing just to try and hear from voters. I think because there's so many candidates still, because Iowa did not narrow the field, it makes for a little bit more muddled. There were more people I met in the last 48 hours who were undecided still. Mm-hmm. And I would knock on doors and see and they they were there was much more undecided i think than probably two years ago when bernie won by 20 plus points because it was just a two-way
10: race one thing i'm really curious about from a p perspective is you know he won his last uh, election for mayor in South Bend with 8,515 votes. I wonder if he'll get more than that number of votes here today. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful Burn. talking point from Elizabeth Warren oh my headquarters. That's for a very I, nice no, talking Blue, point. Bloomberg leaves in numbers. That's why I was oh, I, see, I see. That sounds like an Elizabeth Warren talking point. Adam,
2: let me go back to Elizabeth Warren for just a second here, though. Please, what Kim. The issue that? <laughs> what about the fact that she, I mean, this is her sweet spot. She lives next door. Mm-hmm and i don't feel a lot of enthusiasm for her right now i feel like that she was a big big balloon that all of a sudden the air started to to seep out so if she can't come in 2 or 3 here what makes you think that in you know out in nevada or down in south carolina she can she can pull this off
10: yeah, well, a couple things. One, I was at one of her events last night in Portsmouth, and it was electric. I mean, the crowd was, if she's feeding off the crowd, they were feeding off her. It was amazing. I think uh, Willie Geist was in the back of the room, and he was, He called it celebratory in feeling. Uh, that said, you know, in her last campaign, some people criticized her for it, some people love it. She ran zero TV ads in Boston Television, which is the market next door. She really didn't campaign as if she was, you know, trying to wedge on, in on New Hampshire. But what we've seen across the country is a, her, her uh, core message of taking on systemic corruption, <clears throat> returning government to the people. Her point is that no matter what your first issue is, health care, mm-hmm. education, child care, it's all skewed by big money lobbyists and corporate corruption of our democracy. And that resonates everywhere, including, I'll say, with Republican voters. I met some Republican voters in Iowa who just came to check her out and left committed to caucusing for her mm-hmm. because they were so compelled by her personal story of struggle growing up poor in Oklahoma being a single mom in Texas struggling with childcare. And they were like, wow, we actually resonate with her.
1: All right, let's reset all this, please. You're just listening to Adam Green, co founder of the Pro- Progressive Change Campaign Committee, obviously supporting Elizabeth Warren. Before that, Fred Hochberg, former Export Import Bank chairman. He is supporting Pete Buttigieg. Our co host here, Kevin Cerelli. His show is Sound On. You're listening to this in Washington. And I'm Tom Rooney with Kim Kerrigan and Joe S- Shortsleeve, Bay State Business, out of Boston. We're here around this big table. It looks a little bit like Thanksgiving with all these laptops. If you can imagine those as turkeys instead of laptops. And, uh, you know, Adam, back to you for a moment. You know, obvious, people are saying, and I want you to respond to this, that uh, Elizabeth Warren's fatal mistake in all of this was the rollout of Medicare for all. She, she botched it, she took too long in answering critics. How much is this going to cost? Your, uh, your take.
10: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, She took a couple months of incoming fire from Pete Buttigieg, who was using insurance industry talking points against Medicare for All, which are not true. It will not raise taxes. People will not lose their health care. And that, that took a hit. You know, it, it, it was unfortunate. But after she rolled out her plan, what's interesting is that after two months of defending Bernie Sanders' plan, when she rolled out her own plan, the attacks stopped. And I think that's because again, she is the most effective progressive senator out there. Heather, Heather McGee, who's the former president of Demos, a very respected think tank, after elizabeth warren rolled out her plan was like you know what this is the first time i actually see a path to passing medicare for all because it's so well constructed it's intended to bring the public along for the ride
5: Uh, i gotta pour cold water you know and we talk about policy all day but i mean in order for that to ever get through democrats would have to win the House, they'd have to win the Senate, they'd have to win the White House, they'd have to have super majorities. But what I find fascinating about the Medicare for no, All... they wouldn't have to have super majorities. Well,
8: uh, oh, okay. Wait, wait, but also let's remember, the 40 Democrats who elected to Congress, only one was for Medicare for All. 39 were about protecting Wait, I don't want to litigate
5: Medicare mm-hmm. for All. Is, okay. Well, what I do <laughs> want to do is to bring it... What I find really interesting about your point, though... Is that Senator Sanders has continuously said Medicare for all. He's continued to campaign for it, Adam, and he's climbed. Mm. And it, it ever since I think you really Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah, I think the 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 real shift in the debate actually came when we saw briefly Sanders and Warren clash on the debate stage, and they were then trending Sanders up, Warren down. And then you had the Hulu documentary with Hillary and Sanders continued that ascent for whatever reason. I don't know, I'm not saying she can't have another moment, but I'm saying she's gonna have to have another moment between now and Nevada if she wants to continue, if she wants to resurge, you would agree.
10: Well, between now and Super Tuesday, yeah. And again, one of her best moments was the She the People Forum in front of 100% women of color, where she was one of the only ones to get a standing ovation because her vision so seamlessly stitches together economic justice and racial justice. That's not something that can just be done by talking points. Right? Frankly, Bernie's not as good as her on it. Pete, uh at negative percent in the polls with African American voters is not as good on it. And she I think has a huge opportunity in South Carolina and Nevada to have to have moments like that.
5: I want to go back to something that we've all been talking about, and especially, and you, this is, you know, I'm i the transplant here. I'm parachuting into your yes. neck of the woods with the yes. three all stars up. No more Michigan, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles. Talk. No. Well, <laughs> uh, but but seriously, down in Washington, I mean, the the, the pundits, hmm. the chattering class, they're all scratching their heads and they can't understand why turnout is down for Democrats. And that really, listen, I don't think we can glean too much information out of the Democrats and running and and the winnowing of the field, but something's off. Mm -hmm. I mean, it feels off. When I was in Des Moines, when I was in Bedford, Mm -hmm. you know, something feels that turnout is down. And I'm curious, is it, is it, is it news fatigue? Is it political fatigue? Is it Trump fatigue? Or is it just, I don't know. But am I, am I on
1: to something here or no, am I way out? I, I mean, look, I think the two things we've heard on our program, Bloomberg Bay State Business, are, one, the Democrats, and I don't say that they can't have one yet, but we've heard they don't have an inspirational candidate at this point. They really don't. I mean, Warren does attract a lot of energy within her circle. Uh the judge uh, the same Fred yep. Hockbrook, but they don't have a transcendent candidate like Obama. Like, like Clinton, like Trump. Right. The other part that we hear a lot about is that while they don't have a transcendent candidate, the other guys do. Yeah. I mean they, they he filled this this arena here in Manchester last night with 12,000 people. Now, the chairman of the Democratic Party for this state, Ray Buckley, sat here not long ago right across from us and said, well, none of those people are from New Hampshire. Well, okay, <laughs> that's a weak defense, my friend. Can
5: I can I, can I ask you a follow-up question on that particular point? Because we criticize Republicans, rightfully so. We raise these questions. How are they going to win the suburbs? Governor Sununu really seemed to push back on how on how Republicans yeah. need to talk to, to suburbs. Well, dare I say, Democrats got to take a, a page out of Raging Cajun, mm. James Carville's mm-hmm. book and what he's been out right. there saying, that they need to learn how to talk to, to, to the Penn State Nittany Lion crowd, right. to the LSU crowd. Now,
1: you're using suburban voter interchangeable with swing voter, right? I mean, no. Well, no. suburban voters, what go I've
8: go heard, ahead, they've gone it. from Republican to independent and migrating to Democratic. So mm-hmm. two things I think are happening. One, it makes the Republican Party more and more conservative, and it makes the Democratic Party, frankly, more moderate. Mm-hmm. And so that's a change. We're going to have to see how that plays out tonight and over the next two states because that is a change. And the Republicans are becoming much more – that's why Donald Trump has as much as 90 no, – Republican president has ever had that high in approval by his own party ever it was as high as some as, as high as 94% mm-hmm.
4: yeah. Adam Green uh, you're the supporter of Elizabeth Warren tell her uh, sometimes the the clues lie in the schedule Hmm. Uh, tell us about Elizabeth Warren over the next uh, five to ten days. Where is she going? What's she doing? Well, first,
10: the, f- the next five to ten hours. She will be here in New I Hampshire. For well, she's not that. going to South Carolina like
5: no, Joe. Go no. ahead.
10: Yeah, you know, she actually is going to Virginia soon on the way to other places like South Carolina. It would be
5: a great Carolina. time for her to finally give me another interview.
10: at would <laughs> be. Wow. Know? Oh, it's wow. I just no, I, I, always I can't believe in. I got called out for saying that Pete got 8,515 votes, and, and, you're, and you're saying this to me. Right, listen, anyway. I said <laughs> it to Brianna the
5: other day. All I, I, I covered
10: I think that yeah, she's running a national strategy with the big kahuna being Super Tuesday. And it will include South Carolina. It will include Nevada. But she, you know, the fact that she's going to Virginia next, I think is symbolic of the fact that that's the big kahuna. But let me just just for a second the turnout question. Two things about that. One, I was knocking doors here and in Iowa. And one thing I heard on the doors was people who said, you know, there's so many candidates. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty voting because I, I don't know all of their policies. I'm just going to support whoever runs against Trump. So I, I wouldn't mistake lower turnout for low energy for Democrats against Trump. The other thing is I do think it's significant for the Bernie Sanders theory of the case. I said before that when Biden's entire theory of the case is electability and he's fourth in the polls in the Democratic primary, that's not very good. If part of Sanders' strategy is I'm gonna have a revolutionary set of people storm the polls and they don't, That also says something about his theory of the case.
4: Well, what does it say about the quality of the Democratic candidates Mm -hmm. if the Suffolk University Boston Globe poll is to be believed and that in the hours following the Iowa caucuses, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren just fell from second and third place to fourth and fifth place like that in seven days? What does that what does that say about the quality of the Democratic field and how strongly uh, supporters are you know rallying around a particular candidate? His
5: broader point is a poll that shows more trending down and, and an ascent
10: for Sanders and Buttigieg. judge. Yeah, I mean in the real clear politics average, I think she's still third place. I mean that's fine. But look, again, Biden, Biden is the one. No. <laughs> okay. No. Actually, yeah, I, I actually understand why that's being laughed at. Because, like, again, Pete is at like 4% in California and very low in the national polling. He's and not spending any
8: time there because what's important right now is Iowa and New Hampshire. I don't and know if national polls wasn't, are important. Wasn't,
10: wasn't the wine cave in California? He, oh, was, there. he was there. He was I there.
5: thought we were past the wine <laughs> caves. So I don't even <laughs> <laughs> drink. And I'm still talking about wine caves. Yeah, Go figure. If you're <laughs> just
1: tuning in and you're listening to a hybrid, and these hybrids are powerful. This one Sorry. sure is. Kevin Cirilli, host of Sound On. We are. The host of Bloomberg Bay State Business Kim, uh, Kim Kerrigan, Tom Roney, Joe Shortsleeve We have two other gentlemen with us Adam Green is co-founder of the Progressive Change Campaign Committee He's with Elizabeth Warren And Fred Hochberg is former Export-Import Bank Chairman He's with Pete Buttigieg While we have two of you real live political activists uh, Guys who do real well on the radio this is. Uh, I have a question for both of you uh, about the Democrats You look at these guys in these women And I don't see a lot of humor there. Now, you may say, well, what's humor got to do with it? Whether you like him or not, Trump employs humor all the time. It's a very powerful tool. I saw those Democratic candidates. Some of them were yours up on stage Friday night. They were dour. They were humorless. They were people I I don't want to have a beer with. I think Bernie's funny. (laughs)
5: <laughs> Bernie, well, again, you laughed. I got to laugh. Tom, I think you're also
1: you're <laughs> conflating.
8: Frankly, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have this view of people being taken advantage of. It's greed and corporate wealth and the corporate class that's holding people down. I don't see that same dour view of the America from the other candidates. Well,
1: let me tell, put it. I, I always feel I'm being lectured to why can't they break out of character once in a while and say let's have a moment here and and i I sort of
2: feel like that's been part of the appeal for amy klobuchar she has been a little more lighthearted. she has been a little more real she actually stood on that stage and said hey if you're somebody who can't figure out how you're going to pay your bills this month i got your back you know that kind of thing Let's let's mm-hmm. speak about that related to Elizabeth Warren. And we're looking at let's remember, too, we're talking about the two women here. And women are going to some women are going to go out and vote for a woman just because they want to vote for a woman. Mm-hmm. If you've got Amy Klobuchar, who maybe has a, a more momentum and she's got a little bigger balance. Isn't that a problem for women who are just going to vote for a, women, a woman? Isn't that a problem for uh, Elizabeth Warren?
10: Yeah, and you know, again, there is a disconnect between how things come across on TV and what is actually happening in the room. Mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of Elizabeth Warren events. She is really personable and quite funny in person. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, when choosing a candidate, what people are actually thinking about is, what does this mean for my kids, my family, my community?
2: But I think there's and, women who vote, they're looking for a woman.
10: Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, that's absolutely and she,
2: true. And if Amy right now has well, got well, this bounce, that, that has to be concerning right. to What Elizabeth I'm saying or. is
10: that if they're choosing between the two, I don't think they're going to choose based on humor. I think they'll choose based on Elizabeth Warren's plan for universal child care or canceling student debt or things that will actually impact their family lives. So maybe it's, ha that's funny, Amy, I'm going to vote for Warren. I don't know. But I did see actually in Iowa, there were some people choosing between the two of them. And I think actually that's a good thing for society.
5: I was struck by Senator Klobuchar at her rally. I mean, having covered her in Congress, she's much more aligned with the more McCain-esque Establishment type of, of senator. But I was struck to see her campaign. A lot of these folks who I'm seeing, including Senator Warren, I've never seen campaign before. I've only mm-hmm. seen them in the hearing room, taking on the, the heads of the big banks mm-hmm. and the, and the uh, Fed chair and all, and all, and the Fred Hochbergs of the world. But, you know, what was interesting about Klobuchar is her pitch, Kim, seems to me to be listen, centrist billionaire does not equate to middle class Mm -hmm. she's saying Mm -hmm. i am middle class Mm -hmm. and i and and that it's so nuanced but it's it's i i think incredibly important for the contours and the dynamics of this race, and uh, I do want to reset because on, on my show, and I, and I would love to throw it out on the table here, but just to reset, my name is Kevin Cirilli. I'm the chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, and I'm thrilled and grateful, filled with so much gratitude, to be learning from three all-stars of uh, of Tom, Joe, and uh, Kim, of course, Tom Aroni. Joe Shortsleeve, they are the host of the Bay State Business Simulcast, and we're simulcasting today in Boston, and our Boston market as well as our Washington, D.C. market. We mm-hmm. do this thing on my show called, What's Your Quick Take on Your Radar? Where, you, where everyone says one thing that is their quick take on their radar that maybe is a little in the weeds or isn't mm-hmm. getting enough play, and I would love to hear from my colleagues and also from the panel yeah, about this. what their quick take mm-hmm. is on their radar. Um, who am I going to put on the spot first? I'm going to go with Fred.
8: You did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, um, to, I think, one, the whole world and the entire country is really looking at tonight in a, in a way far different than any other year be, because of somewhat of the. Even though yeah. Pete and Bernie came out ahead in, in in Iowa, and Pete won by the traditional metrics, Bernie by the other, but I think this state is going to be a little bit of a make or break for, some, for a number of the candidates. And uh, I don't know who's going to win tonight. I know who I'd like to win, but Bernie won by so much last time. If he doesn't have that kind of big bounce, that will be seen as a loss, and I think that's right because he's been around here for a decade. Hmm. Um, and I would just add one other thing. You know, of all the Democrats running, Pete Buttigieg is actually the only one who actually is in the middle class, lives in a middle class house, and does not have a million dollars, unlike all of his all of his opponents. All right,
5: that's a good one. Go ahead, Adam Green. Adam,
10: um, yeah. You know, I think coming out tonight, what's on my radar is voters in South Carolina. I'm really curious how many of them move from supporting someone to being undecided and where they start moving to when they pick a candidate. I just think it's gonna be a huge shuffling of the deck in the near future after we leave New Hampshire again. What I said before is the first four states are kind of a a preamble to Super Tuesday, but it represents a constant reshuffling of of the deck, a constant constant reshuffling of expectations. I think South Carolina will be the last springboard right into Super Tuesday.
5: Okay, but wh- but why?
10: Why will be the la- well it's yeah. last on the calendar? But why is it significant? I mean, it really is. You know, the caucus system in Nevada is a little bit interesting, but it will be the next big primary where the, and the first big primary with a racially diverse electorate mm-hmm. that is more representative of Super Tuesday. So I think it will just be the most accurate representation going to Super Tuesday. I think of, you're of the also. The race.
5: I think in South Carolina, you're going to see Joe Biden. Last, I mean, what we all have been talking about Joe Biden's last stand, but to, to Adam's point, Kim, I think you know it's going to be the gloves are coming off. I mean, you're going to see old school Biden. I think sure. you're already seeing it. I think you saw it in his attack ad against Buttigieg. I think you're going to see it in some of the conversations that have been had, yes, against former New York City mayor Michael Bloomberg. I think it's going to get real ugly real fast. And South Carolina traditionally is where. It becomes a, a mudfest, so well, I
4: think that's why I, he's I, there right now, by yeah. the way. I, I think <laughs> that the past couple of weeks when you watch things and you stand back and you don't necessarily have a political point of view, you have to look at the, the, the strength, uh, the political strength of Donald Trump. I mean for him to have these uh, approval ratings uh, following impeachment that are near record record levels and then uh, you know I I watched the other day and Howard Dean was on television talking about 2004 and they you know and they talked about how that cost him uh, the dean scream cost yeah. cost him you know his political future and I went back and I watched the dean scream and you know what it was nothing Mm-hmm. It was nothing. But today, Donald Trump, and whether you love him or you don't, he has normalized a certain particular behavior, right. and people are just sort of numb to it. They kind of, he says something, and they're like, yeah, that's okay. And the fact that he's normalized this behavior, the fact that his approval ratings are up, the fact that he just – I think the past couple – the impeachment has gone by. I just think the past couple of weeks have really – Represent, you know how strong a candidate he really is.
1: Well, and I would follow up with that, and in in sort of my quick take here is, again, and I used the word transcendence a, a few minutes ago, and I would go with that. I, I, said, I used the word humor, but it was in the context of this. You look at the presidents who've connected in a big way, Obama, Clinton, Reagan, I mean, Republican and Democrat, they found a way to connect. Humor is one way to connect. Warmth is another. Biden has a little bit of that. I don't see a lot of that in those candidates on stage Friday night. In fact, in that regard, it looked like the JV because the guy in the White House has found a way to connect. And I think if the Democrats are going to hope to be successful beyond New Hampshire, beyond this, to the general – Somebody's got to find a way to be transcendent and so get away from the policy papers, Adam Green. It's not a policy. It's, connection. It, 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 it's
8: about connection. And Democrats spend too much time thinking about the head, not enough about the heart mm-hmm. and emotion, how I they think, connect I with think, people. Yeah. I, and completely. they position paper after position paper after well, position that's
1: paper. That's all we hear from Warren.
10: But, but no, that's not all we hear from Warren. She's from so got I, a plan I, for I, everything. She, doesn't. <laughs> well, that's the thing. she has a plan for everything, but that's not what people are hearing in the room. Let me tell you a quick story. In Iowa, I met a guy named Wayne Miner. Lifelong Republican. Voted Wayne for, Minor. It's voted not
5: what Troy Price. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> for, he
10: voted for Nixon and Reagan and Bush and Bush and McCain and Romney and then Gary Johnson in 2016. And he said that he started crying when he heard Elizabeth Warren speak. And he said it's because she told the story of growing up poor in Oklahoma and her dad having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And them almost losing the family home. And her mom had to go into the job market and was able to save the family home with a minimum wage job. Mm-hmm. And the story was you can't do that in today's society. And he's like... My dad had a heart attack when I was 10, and my mom had to go into the job market. And his ears opened up to everything she had to say after that. And he said that he just came to check her out because she was in town, and left actually committed to caucusing for her.
1: And he was a lifelong right. Republican. So, right. so why she, doesn't so, so, she do that in a bigger room? Well, you you the, talk about these small rooms, she's terrific.
10: No, it's a big room, but I, I agree with you. I, I mean, you know, national On stage. the debate stage, it's tough in a seven-person yeah. format to get more than 60 seconds in edgewise. But look I look forward- Look what Trump does yeah. in the
1: debate stage. That's what you're going to compare this to. Well, we'll see. He well, turns the venue upside yeah. down. He makes, he takes control. You know? So, Tom, well, he's what, a guy can who I understands just tell you? Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me.
8: Go ahead. He, underst- he watches so much television for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Cool? You know, listen, in some way, you know, yeah. you need someone who enjoys television and is really comfortable with it.
1: Mm. Didn't we say the same in some ways about Kennedy Nixon? Nixon showed up. He, had, I, he has a heavy beard. Right. He sweats. He sweating, I yeah. don't think JFK it's that he understands. Understood the media I don't better. think
5: it's that he understands television. I, th- I I think it's that he understands social media. I think it's he understands modern hmm. media and the way his legacy will not will will not be tell respectfully. I would put forth it will be how he consumes modern media and mm-hmm. how it fragmented media and how to
2: penetrate no. each of those individual individual zones so i uh, just the flip of what everyone has just said now here's here's my my question yes it's 2020 mm. can you spend money get in late and still win a nomination that's what i'm looking at because michael mm. bloomberg could very well make a difference in this race not connecting not going to somebody's living room not talking but instead spending money and getting their name out and talking about how they can beat the sitting president. Can it, that win? Can that not, happen?
5: Th- th- I gotta be candid here though. We're gonna find out in about the next two weeks. I think the audio that was released this morning has drawn criticism from former Vice President Joe Biden. I didn't, did, did Warren weigh in on it, on this audio? I mean, uh, that was released about him defending stop and frisk mm-hmm. uh, policies. I, yeah. think, I think we're gonna find out you
2: know but what do you think i don't know uh, this is this again i think is very unconventional this is unlike what we've seen in years past have we ever had a candidate who spent this kind of money didn't go to the first four states and, and you know this kind of thing
1: well, let's remind listeners sure that michael bloomberg is the majority owner of bloomberg lp he, the parent company of bloomberg radio which we are all on right now i want to go back to our guests this is a uh, a doubleheader, as Kevin Cirilli so aptly points out, it's uh, sound on his program with Bloomberg Bay State Business. So Adam Redskins Green, and
5: Patriots fans, I don't think they'll ever get along. Get along. This is kind of weird.
1: Who's that? The Patriots. Fans? Well,
5: like our audience down in D.C. Oh uh, yeah, and you then know, you Kevin, got
1: Boston. It's just well, like you know, I'm a giver, not a take. So <laughs> you don't, you don't know uh, let's oh get man. Adam Green is with Elizabeth Warren. Fred Hochberg is with Pete Buttigieg. I want to ask you both to respond to this. If your candidate drops out, if and when, who do you go to after that? Let's go to Fred first. You're with Buttigieg. Who's who's number two for you? Wow, I'd have to obviously see who's left. Uh yeah. but uh, but of, all of them right now, the people left standing right now could be Bloomberg. Could be Bloomberg. I think I think you
8: need a moderate uh, – You know, as I made the comment quickly about mm-hmm. the Republicans leaving the suburbs and going and becoming Democrats, the, the party – people do not like radical change. They may, it may excite a base, but it does not win elections.
10: I completely disagree with that. I'm, I'm not going to answer that question, but I will respond to that. Well, why
1: <laughs> – hold on. Why don't you <laughs> – hey,
10: don't let get away
8: with
1: that. I that. just want to understand, before you uh, yeah. talk, why won't you answer that well, question? Well, th-
10: this would be my prism for decision-making, and it does contradict with that. So I was in an in a, in a Uber a couple of months ago, and the driver heard me talking about politics and was like, I voted for Trump. And he said, I would have voted for Bernie. And I was like, let me ask you a question. Do you think Trump is shaking up the system? And he goes, mm-hmm. oh, of course. Yeah. Do you think Bernie would shake up the system? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do you think Hillary or Biden would shake up the system? He almost sort of dropped the road. He's like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah. I was like, do you think Elizabeth Warren would shake up the system? Mm-hmm. Yes. So so many things are le- not left versus right, but inside versus outside. Yeah. Yep. So do you and have Trump- a number two? So who's your number two? Oh. Uh,
1: not, not right now, I don't. That's a cop out, not that That's right. That's a cop, cop out. There. Don't invite him back. Don't invite him back. <laughs> back. Kevin Cirilli I thoroughly enjoyed this hour of radio with you. We have to I do it. I felt like I was home. <laughs> <laughs> All we need is a cheesesteak. There we go.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm going to my uncle's turkey we'll shop you, Friday. Yeah.
5: That's my light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I yeah. want to say thank you. Thank you to Adam, thank you to Fred, and to you three.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. Kevin Cirilli, he is the host of Sound On. I'm Tom Rooney with Joe Shortzick, Kim Kerrigan. Joe, uh, we got another three hours after uh, at seven o'clock. I'm but going, to Bernie. going to Bernie. I'll call in. Bernie, I'll call update. in. Give you an update. Please call in. Give us a little uh, that? feedback up there. Absolutely, cool. Hear? Just be careful out there. It's Bloomberg <laughs> Bay State Business and Sound on all together, all at once. We're back on at seven. Kevin's there with Bernie. This is Bloomberg.